We are live in the 405. Welcome back to another episode of the Undergrads. I'm your host for today, Michael Martin, and I am joined by college basketball expert, Savant, Trey Young's muse, John Barry. <laughs> what an intro. We're back, baby. What's I, up? I try to hype you up as much as I can. God, that was great. <laughs> we're, we're in for some bad tanking recently. I mean, the Thunder had that Portland game the other week. We talked about that for a while. I talked to Haley about it. But luckily, they bounce back and get a big-time loss against Detroit, even though Cade plays, I think, six minutes the entire game. It was eight total. Yeah. Eight total. Yeah. Uh, you had guys like Killian Hayes going off, just great players. Just it was tough to watch. I don't envy anyone who had to be there. This season has drug on so much. I'm just waiting. I have an app in my phone that just counts down the days until the lottery, and that's what I'm just waiting on. You ever thought about like a team or an organization that like stresses you out tanking? <laughs> like I, they like where they're supposed to do the easiest thing you could do ever in sports, and it's almost like lose, but don't be so obvious. And losing is just hard for this team. And I don't com- freaking understand. It's the complete it. opposite of those Durant Westbrook teams where you'd be like stressed out because they lose some. Of when it's backwards. Yeah. It's like you're They'd- stressed out about draft picks and building, but some of these guys like Isaiah Roby and Maladone, they just, okay, now they want to, it's their time to shine, you know? But like, kudos to them. I do the same thing. Like, Lindy Waters doing, doing his thing, like, finally starting to hit threes. Um, defense, you know, I still tell that boy, defense still a shaky, but it's like they're doing what they're supposed to, you know, they're trying to earn their minutes, they're doing everything they can, and it's it worked out against Portland and almost did against, you know, the Pistons. I just, I think this team, they gotta like lose, they gotta lose out. You can't win any more games. Exactly. Stop screwing I around. Mean, <laughs> you, you touched on it, but these guys are professionals, guys like Lindy, and they're this is their chance to make the NBA. If it's yeah. not gonna work here, yeah. it's exactly. not a great chance somewhere else. I mean, you're not I gonna know. go in there and just screw around. Yeah. You know? If you're not getting minutes on this Thunder team, I don't know what team you're getting minutes on because eight right. guys are injured or out or whatever happened. Sam Presti put a curse on them. Doesn't really matter. They're not playing. Right. But yeah, you mentioned it. The Thunder probably need to lose out to get um, top three lottery odds. Right now they're half a game behind the Detroit Pistons. Shout out the Pistons for winning that game the other day. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, but you've got a few the more Orlando games. The game sucked. That, that really, really sucked. Even before, you know, the Portland game. The most important game for the Thunder down the stretch is um, against Portland, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah. They get Portland again. That one, like, if there's a way to just forfeit the game, I don't care what the fine is. We'll take it. Everybody play with your offhand. Yeah. Everyone play with your offhand. I, I've joked with Haley, just like, the first 10 people that show up to the arena, you get a 10-day. You're on the team. Do you want to try out? We get the ball That's boys. Good. You remember those guys who, like, mopped up the floor and got in the way? Yeah. They're, they are boys. now on the team. I don't they know. Just, you just need to go in there, try and make yourself obviously better. And if that means you're beating them, so be it. But it's like they Portland has some guys like, you know, Anthony. If he's still, is he still hurt? I mean, he shut Simmons. down because they don't want guys playing. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about Portland's G League team that they brought up to play, but like lose to them. <laughs> just lose to I them. I mean, we, we made fun of it on Tuesday because Haley never gets my pop culture references. So I played a game with her called. Portland Trailblazer or 90s boy band member and I just named different people perfect analogy yeah and she got I think 7 out of 10 which is insane wow yeah Uh, yeah, that's pretty good she was like I don't make fun of me I was like no one Portland fans don't know who's on the Blazers Yeah, yeah yeah But it's ridiculous. I mean, I saw some Pistons fans on Twitter talking about, they're like, oh, the Thunder should be ashamed. They have to sit all these guys out against us just to lose. 
which I don't understand some of these teams who have like this moral compass about tanking because I did some research. So the process 76ers from 2013 to 2017 won 23% of their available games. The Thunder over the last two years of tanking have won 30% of their games. That's four year span over what a two year you just said Mm -hmm. with us. Yeah. I'm just talking about the full rebuild, right? The Pistons on the other hand, won 28% of their games over the last three years. That's worse than the Thunder, but they're not tanking, so it's okay. The Rockets, will, their fans will tell you they're not tanking, even though they've won 25% of their games over the last two years. And then the Magic are in the same boat over the last two years, winning 28%. I just don't get the pride of these teams where it's like, well, you guys have to sit out eight guys just to be as bad as our regular okay. healthy roster. First of all, talking about talking to a Rockets fan about any of this is just absurd. I mean, their front office has been a mess for a long time. Oh, yeah. And we've gotten way closer to winning a finals than they have. And they have been around way longer than we have. So I never, I have Houston friends, and sometimes they're reasonable, sometimes they're delusional, you know? Um, but, okay, yeah, don't ever mention Houston again because they're just, they're, they are a mess. Like, seriously, they're, they're a mess. I, I think Daryl Morey's have, entire legacy is lucking out that no one else wanted to trade for James. They Harden. have no discipline. Down, I mean, it's, no. there's nothing down there, you know? It's, no, it's they're bad. playing pickup. They're all building bad playing habits. Playing pickup and, and NBA jerseys. Jalen Green's getting a lot better, and um, I like... Kevin Porter's great, but he's gotten at it. Like, you know, he also just doesn't give a shit. Um, Kevin Porter is not good. Dude, he can he he can move players around and score. I've, I've watched him enough that it's like... He just... I just don't think he, like, you know, is putting his mind to... If you your know, goal is to win 30 games a year, then Kevin Porter Jr. is your guy. If you want somebody to shoot, that's like... That's the teams he's been on. 38%. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they're like, hey, you're going to play point guard. And Jalen Green's like, could I just have the ball ever? And they're like, no. Well, Jalen Green, like, he's developing too. Like, he doesn't just have bunnies. Like, he can, you know, he's 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 become an all-around good player. Well, and then you have guys so, like Shingun. You have uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. I'm so glad we didn't draft him. I, I still like him, but I'm glad the Thunder didn't because they're going in, like, more positionless way. And I think they yeah. learned their lesson from some of those teams with, like, Adams and Canner where it's like – and even Perkins where you have a big who can't switch and how detrimental that can be to the team. Right. So I don't mind it. And especially they got two first-round picks for that one. If Shingun turns out to be a good player, then that's just how it is. I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Speaking of some guys who could have played for the Thunder, or actually who did play for the Thunder, it was Thunder Legacy Night the other day against the Pistons. We had some all-time great guys, <laughs> Nanad Kristich, Nick Collison, um, <laughs> Kyle Weaver, Johan I Petro. I believe Daquan Cook Daquan was there. Daquan Cook was there, Eric yeah. Maynard, Anthony Morrow, yeah. just yeah. some Thunder yeah. legends. Everyone, all Thunder fans know and all casual NBA fans know about guys who play for the Thunder who are famous. You got Shea, Giddy, Dort. Russ, KD, Russ, KD, Paul sometimes. George, yeah, Chris Paul. When he was, yeah. You know, but I want to know for you, because we've been Thunder fans since the team moved here, who are yeah. some of your favorite under-the-radar guys who people forget about? I mean, you kind of named two of them because I loved them because they were just shooters, you know, Daquan Cook from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember where Anthony Morrow was from specifically, but I don't – those those two guys, I mean, they were just there from the beginning. So it was like Chris Stich. Um, but like a guy, if you want to take it like as far back, you know, 2008, 2009, uh, would be like Cephalosha. I feel Pablo. like people, I feel like some people forget that like he was like Roberson before Roberson, you know? Yeah. And he hit and, threes and, for a year. and he could hit threes, you know, but in, in more of a spaced out area, not just the corner. Um, and he was on that, you know, finals run with the thunder when they went against the heat and I believe 2012. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was just, he, he was a solid pickup. I believe, I, th- I think if I remember correctly, we got him because of a trade 
involving Chicago and Denver's first round pick. So Chicago got Denver's first round pick and they used that for Taj Gibson and we got Cephalosha. I know it was and he, Chicago was involved. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, I mean, I, I thought he was just a really good pickup for the team you were kind of building around. He kind of came, you're like, you know, he's going to guard the go-to man for, you know, the other squad. And if he's open, he'll hit him. Um, but then I just, you know, Moro and Daquan, I just loved them because they were just shooters. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, mentioned Morrow. They just he was didn't the work. only guy who could catch the ball and shoot it in one motion, catch it at the time. Craziest release, seriously, I'd, I'd ever seen from like just the motion of like no matter where the ball is caught, it's like he, he's going into his motion anywhere. You know, it's I thought that was really cool. And it was it looked smooth, like it didn't look weird. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes, you know, it's kind of a slingshot if he, you know, caught it and just kind of flung it. I'll give you a more recent Thunder role player of the past because I think this guy would be good on the team right now. Yeah, those are old ones. Yeah, <laughs> Alex Abrinas would be good on this current Thunder team. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. where did he even go after us? Uh, he's back in Spain. I, th- I figured he. Would yeah, go. yeah. Well, and you know, and I think Cephalosia during the lockout in between seasons. I think he went back to Turkey uh, for a season and then came back and went on that finals run with us. I I, I'm not for sure about that. I know that he played for the Bulls and then the Thunder. Then he played for the um, the Hawks for a while because mm-hmm. he broke his leg in that weird mm-hmm. thing in New York with the mm-hmm. police. Yeah, Tavo, oh, yeah. one of yeah. those guys. Wow. Who who else do you like? Former Thunder guys. Just oh, random. <laughs> I mean, even I guess Ibaka is not really random, but like when he played for the Thunder, like he was a different kind of surge. People forget how good he was. He was a different kind of surge, Ibaka. Like just like even not just defensively, but even offensively, like he had a he, he could shoot it like you would run out to him because he might hit it if he was wide open uh which you know you don't see a lot of that now uh but yeah i was i would definitely say like ibaka and that kind of squad in 2011 2012 well, in that spurs uh, series when they won four straight i think he made like he started like 11 of 11 from the field from the mid-range or something just crazy he had that elbow shot down before he extended the three surge yeah did. yeah yeah, and then he um, him and Russ. Yeah. Russ would go hundred miles an hour and do that same elbow jumper, or Ibaka would come out, pop, be right there. And see, that's what I mean. But like you nowadays, and even after that Thunder Squad, like you didn't see him do that a whole lot. Yeah, you know, it, it's almost like he didn't take a downturn, but you know, just offensively and even defensively, like he was not Ibaka, you know, anymore. No, it, some of it was just guys taking away from the rim and then spacing more on offense. But, uh, yeah, I remember there was a time when Mark Gasol won Defensive Player of the Year that it was a very big argument that Serge should have won that one. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Mark also had his good years. Yeah. So I, I hate taking that away from him. But, yeah, I agree. Another guy, the quintessential backup point guard, Eric Maynard. I love Eric Maynard. He was one of my favorite guys for a very long time. <laughs> he was so, he was such an anchor when he'd go in. He Just solid play. Well, he know? was the complete opposite of Russell Westbrook, who's going like a billion miles per hour. And Slow Eric Maynard's like, could we, could we hurry up, please? Yeah. yeah. And he slowed the game down. But that's what I mean. He was solid. He, you know, not a huge, not, not a lot of turnovers. Wasn't going like 100 miles an hour like Russ was, and make the right plays. That, that's kind of what the point guard he was, and that's what a good backup is. You know, I think he was everything like that. Um, just he wasn't going to go in and give you any, yeah. you know, big buckets or you know, big pass plays or anything. He's just he'll get it to the right person though. <laughs> Another guy, recent years, I like Nerlens Noel when he was here. I really enjoyed Nerlens as a backup. I think he's like the ideal sort of center backup who can give you 15 minutes yeah yeah i mean the, now these are recent but it's just like i with nerlands he never he never gave me what i wanted him to give me down low offensively either you know like defensively yeah but like i just want him to catch lobs i don't want him handling the ball no 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 yeah but i guess you know standing around the paint finding your open spots 
that I'd get paid for that too. <laughs> you like the one year of Gallinari? I enjoyed that one. I mean, that was just a good run with that team. Yeah. You know, um, and that, you know, made him an asset because the Hawks picked him up and then they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, with him. But uh, yeah, I, I, liked, I liked Gallo. I liked that squad. I just, I'm glad we didn't keep trying to pile on any of that. I'm glad we hit like a reset button and just said, screw it. I think everybody was ready to move on. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it, it's just tough how it all came apart, you know, because you just had probably the most stunning day in sports and at least Oklahoma sports uh, with KD leaving, you know, and that just kind of started the downslope. And, uh, you know, you finally had to hit the destruct, self-destruct button and restart. Any more former Thunder players that we need to we need to credit, we need to mention here? I think we hit them all before we get to, you know, oh, yeah, everybody knows that one. How about Karan Butler for that one playoff run? <laughs> Remember he had a he put a hand up to his ear yeah. like he had the phone. He was dialing it up from deep. Yeah, damn. See, I I even forgot about that. Even, that was just sad. Even uh, Derek Fisher for like a couple that. years. And Fisher had hit some big shots. He too. did hit some big shots. Yeah. I don't know how thirty-seven-year-old Derek Fisher was playing in the finals. War thirty-seven. <laughs> to let everybody know he's thirty-seven. But then you see what LeBron's doing at you know thirty-six, thirty-seven. Yeah. Give me thirty-seven-year-old Derek Fisher. I think that's the obvious one. Spurs are still trembling. Yep. <laughs> uh, we talked enough about the Thunder Pass. How about some maybe Thunder Future? We've talked a lot just in depth about the top three, top four guys in the draft of guys like Paolo, Chet, Ivy, Jabari. But, you know, the Thunder also have two other first-round picks, the one that's going to go around 16, 15 with the Clippers, and then probably 30 with the uh, Suns pick. I mean, it's going to be locked at 30. The Suns are so much better than everybody else. But I wanted to know from you, just watching March Madness and watching a lot more college basketball than me, who are a few guys who Thunder fans could look at at the 16 to 30 range? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, kind of like I was telling you before, it's, it's the top 10 is going to matter because then you're going to see who's going to fall out. Um, because, you know, I think in the top five, after, you know, you said you hit, you know, Jaden, Paolo, uh, Holmgren, uh, Smith, you just, you got another guy, Shaden Sharp, you know, who's reclassifying was Kentucky guy. Now he's coming out of high school. Um, so however the top 10 goes, will kind of determine your next, you know, 12 to 20 range. So, but I'd say when you get to like 15 or 16 off of what a lot of analysts at least have been saying and uh, draft prospect guys who watch all these guys for just a living. Um, I definitely think if Ochai Agbaji from Kansas, I hope I'm not just butchering that. That sounds name. right. Um, if he falls out, because I think he was predicting a lot of draft, it was like tw- 12 to 13 range. If he falls back, I'd be all over that. Explain his game for the people who haven't seen him as much. So he's, I think he's six, 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 seven, maybe even bigger. Great, great muscle size. He's fast. He can take the ball to the rim. Great playmaker and a shooter. If anyone watched the Final Four with them against Villanova, they'll know he was on fire. He could not miss. I mean, he started out the game uh, through, I think, like halfway through the second half. He hadn't missed a shot. He was like six for six from three. Um, Great defender, good length, good size. Uh, I I cannot stress enough how much of a like like he has been the anchor for this Kansas team, and they're very good. And when they added Remy Martin back, the point guard transfer from Arizona State, they got even better because he could kind of make plays a lot better. He could you know facilitate, but he could also score by himself, which opened up a lot for Agbaji. So if you can get him on a team with like a Shea or a Giddy, with guys who are just like the Remy Martin that they added into Kansas. You could have a you could have a score positionally. Have, where is he at? Is he like a small wing? forward guard okay. wing? So three four. Um, 
I, I would say he can guard down low, but I wouldn't want you to do that for just foul trouble reasons. But just switching occasionally. Switching, yeah. he's fine. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, there's – I guess when you get to 15 or 16, there's a couple guys that come to mind, like uh, uh, Jacob Eason, I believe. Uh, he's LSU, small forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 6'5", 6'6", could shoot the ball, shoot the three ball very well, you know, kind of like Ekbaji. Um Wasn't – he was he was the best player on LSU's team for sure, but – He's not – Agbaji's ahead of him for a reason. You know, they're kind of the same same players, but Agbaji I think is a little quicker. He's a little more aggressive. Um, he kind of brings your team into like a team game more than Eason did. Eason could just kind of do it by himself um, and seriously sometimes carry the load for LSU. Uh, and then you, go, you get to like EJ Liddell from Ohio State. Center uh, – his his game wasn't really like down low spin spin back you down, uh, which he can do. But a lot of his was like mid range, middle of the paint, short elbow, uh, baseline. He was really good, really smooth from there. Had a great jumper, um, which is kind of a how Ohio State used them. Um, but you know, then you when you start falling back, I mean, you got like Oscar Tashibwe, who's the AP Player of the Year from Kentucky. He's like he's predicted at like past forty, you know. And I'm like, damn, because I guess he doesn't have a lot of height. But he's got strength. And, you know, in the NBA, height and strength is on some of these post players now. So I can kind of see why he falls off because other than being able to play down low like a Series 5, I don't know if he'd be able to translate that in the NBA. I think he'd have to kind of transition to like a more four position, which would require, you know, shooting and a little more handles, which he didn't really have. He was just a monster on the boards and uh, just a super strong (laughs) trash man. But also, you know, he had a little bit of a touch. Um, so I, I'd say for the, you know, 15, 16 range for the thunder, you hope Agbaji kind of falls back or like one of the guys at the top 10 might fall out. Um, but I think he'd kind of be my first pick, which honestly, just, if you just watch the way that Kansas has played throughout the tournament, you watch him, you you'll understand what I'm saying. I mean, biggest stage, really good teams, the best teams that deserve to be in the tournament. He's just played really well. And he's he's been at Kansas for a while. He's been developing for a long time. He's not just a you know. Well, is that something you'd be concerned sophomore. with? Because the Thunder have gone very, very much young. Yeah, it's so age, yeah. Age to me definitely matters. Um, that's why, you know, you hope out of the top ten somebody falls out because somebody, you know, likes an international there's there haven't been many international players that I know of besides the uh Nikola the seven, Jovic the, is one that I've heard yeah, of. Yeah, but there's a seven footer who uh, I don't want to butcher his name. Um he's he's a good player. He's he's like a better Chet Holmgren in my opinion. I don't want Chet and I well but here's the thing also he might be like a year younger is why I think you're thinking of Victor Wembanyama for the next draft. I think that that's Yeah, he's the next draft. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um I'm gonna. I like that guy a lot, yeah. by the way. And I don't really usually like the kind of that kind of body type because it's just we've seen it. You know, KD is like a rare form of that. Um, but but for this draft, I think where the Thunder sit at 15, 16, I think you look at like a guy like Agbaji. If not, you know, Eason's not a bad pickup. Um, neither is Liddell for just like down low purposes because you kind of already have like your one, two, and three picked up for the Thunder um, at least for I think the next couple of years. Um, so yeah, I, but when, once you get down to like thirty, uh, that, that's just really all going to depend on who's who's dropping. Because you mentioned some guys it. might drop that. You know, I'm like, holy shit, dude, somebody's got to pick them up. You know, 
you mentioned it, but the NBA draft just as a whole is a crapshoot in general. But especially once you get past the top 10, it's yeah. just shooting in the dark. It's just a matter of like the team you, scouts and who they've liked. Well, and then just ceiling because you have guys like Poku who go in that range. Giannis went in that range. Trey Mann went in that range. The reason why those guys are going in that range is because there are real questions about their game and can they play in the league. I mean, well, And people Baisley make wrong evaluations. Yes. Like Jonathan Kaminga. Like people thought, you know, he was not going to be a whole lot. And he's been a really good player for the Warriors, you know, and a great addition to their scoring and pace. So, like, you know, that's why I say it's like some players are going to fall out that you're going to be like, how the hell are they falling out, you know? And then well, do you remember – um, uh, what was his name? The guy, uh, Book Knight, who's supposed to go to the Thunder at six and yeah. then drops down to like 15. Yeah. Like things will happen like that, especially in these sort of like COVID years with the draft where these teams are a little bit more, I don't know, secretive of how they draft. Um, but I'm really excited for this draft. I'm hoping, I uh, mentioned it to you before, somebody like Mark Williams would fall further down. I would hope that he could be there around Williams 16. Is, Williams is around, at least the, the couple I've checked, he's been around like 20, 21. Maybe even 22, if I think. Because I think he'd be awesome so. if you could pair him next to Jabari or Chet or somebody like that on the back line. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he's he's a freak. I mean, he's 7-1, you know, so any any center like that, like him, who can move and kind of keep up with the pace like him, you're going to want to pick him up. Well, especially with guys like Giddy and Shea, if you can give them any sort of vertical lob threat, that would be awesome. I mean, the only guy who's catching lobs really in the Thunder is – Baisley, and they're not really running him like Here's the that. Thing, though. He, Mark Williams kind of got bullied by Armando Baycott. Yeah. He, I mean, Baycott had a, I think it was a record, 21 rebounds. He had, uh, I mean, he, he was dominant down low. He was just bull. I mean, so like with that, you know, when you have the height like that, because I think Baycott's like 6'10", so you know, he's a few inches shorter. Um, and I'm pretty sure Williams has him with the length. Yeah. You know, you, that should not happen. So that, well, that's, that the exact, <laughs> that's the exact reason, like I said, about why these guys are further down. Even if you're a freak at seven foot one, yeah. the guys who are at 15 to 30, although they do have some really nice skills or something you're interested in, there's also going to be something that's a big question mark. Holes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but for me, like with the age thing, I just, like you said, with COVID and stuff, I, I don't think that'd be a problem. Just, you know, you, those athletes got to realize when they make it, you got to take care of your bodies. I also just don't mind drafting a guy later in the draft if they're projecting as a role player, if they're a little bit older, like you saw even with somebody like Aaron Wiggins. I would just, the Thunder, I'm not saying they need to be picking up all-stars, but like you got to, you're going to need to pick up like a, like an Agbaji or some, somebody just, you know, not, you know, you got Shea, you got Giddy, you got facilitators, you got playmakers, you got Dort for defense. But you do need some some extra scores. You need or spacing shooters. at all. But and what adds spacing better than like whoever has the ball can score? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's, if Shea's on the court, and like let's say the Thunder get lucky as hell and get the one pick, you know, so you add that on. I mean, if you get guys where spacing is a problem because everybody's gonna have gonna need help. If one guy drives, you know, if you got Jabari or whoever it is that Paolo, let's say, and Shea and Giddy and another six, let's say it's 60, let's say Agbaji falls, that's spacing because you've got, you can do four out one in and everybody on the court can score the ball. That makes it hard for any defense. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like just obvious, you know? Yeah. So I, like, I definitely think you need more and more guys who can just don't need a, floor. I'm saying my point is you just don't need like a role player that's yeah. like in the game to, you know, 
do do a Draymond to screen and pass. You know, I I like that for what he does and for what the Warriors built because he's that's good for like the two greatest shooters of all time possibly, you know? Yeah. But like with this Thunder team, I think you definitely need like you know, you need to help Giddy out, you need to help Shea out. You need to help the guys that all eyes are going to be on cuz you take some eyes off them for, you know, extra spacing for other scores opens up for them too so when i think of a utility guy or a role player i'm thinking more of like somebody like jre even who it's just like can space the floor play solid team defense but that's what you are probably targeting in the second round more than that or a giant swing yeah but that's what i mean you don't use your first round pick yeah. on on that you just that's got to be something that like you know you catch in the second round because you catch some guy that fell and you're like you know oh yeah he could be a solid player both ways that's for sure but like i think this first round is gonna be crucial for the thunder now granted you know, I wouldn't. It's it's a loaded draft. Like it's a good draft, but it's not like loaded. You know, I think once you go after twenty to maybe twenty five, you know, you kind of start picking at who you can develop. You know. Yeah, I think this will be definitely an interesting draft. Uh, more than anything, the Thunder need to lose out, get those top three odds. I yeah. I do hope that there's a situation because the Thunder have just so many picks that maybe they can trade up from well, sixteen I, to twelve or something like that. What do you think of Paolo Bancaro now that you? Because for a while, like midseason, you didn't like like his ceiling. You didn't think his ceiling was that high, but now after you're watching him, what do you think? I like, still have seen any? I still have some questions. Just about some different things. Because I, I see the stuff where it's like somebody have talked about him being like more muscular, Jason Tatum. You realize he loses like seven pounds a game from sweating. Like that doesn't the, go on the box score. I think that, <laughs> I, that's great science, but that, I don't know that no, that's that helps just, that's your just team. That's crazy. Like, that is. He had to be, he had to be ma- like the, I guess, I don't know who, who made it, but somebody from Duke made him this like special juice drink that, you know, it would help him absorb you know, as soon as he drank it, his body would absorb it like immediately for rehydration. Like that is insane. <laughs> Let me put it this way with Paolo. I think that sort of some of the things of why I'm down on him or were was more down on him earlier in the season is because I was too focused on how he would fit with Giddy and Shea rather than just <laughs> looking at him as like an individual on like how he would fit on the top five teams or something like that. I think he could be really good on a lot of those teams. And then you also he and have, Shea on a pick and roll would be nice. Yeah, I think like or even a pick and pop because he can shoot it too. Mm-hmm. You know, you develop that a lot better. You you could make him a deadly player with because he's you can't forget dude's six ten. I mean he's a he's a big boy. He and Jabari are Jabari just is slimmer and can jump higher, which makes his jump shot more deadlier, and just him as a player more deadlier because he just moves a lot better. He's just you know he's like a spider. Um, yeah, Paolo's huge though. That that was one of the things strong. that stood out to me. I mean, he's going to be able to switch onto bigger guys. I wonder if he's going to be Anybody. able to guard in perim- on perimeter guys just in space, just like how his foot speed is. Well, I guess not if when he gets switched onto a guard. Well, that's that what I mean. Can, can you with... hold out on a little bit? Because that's my biggest things with bigs defensively is like, right. do you get fried when you're out there? Can you hold your own to an extent? No one's going to stop these guys like Steph Curry or Kyrie, but can you get a couple stop? Can you get, can you make it more challenging on them here and there? Jabari had that, the, I hate to say it, but he had that kind of trouble um, in the tournament just when he would get switched on to smaller players and guarding them. I mean, granted it wasn't like, you know, he got blown by or something, but you know, he'd pick up a foul or something. Cause he's, he's so long. He reaches, he tries to, you know, pick your pockets. That's the thing um, though. That's so. the, I think the differentiator there between those two guys is like, 
if you're a guy who takes um, risks and you miss, but you're physically, you can make those plays, then I think that can be repaired. But if you're just, if you just have slow feet, there's nothing you can really do about that. Somebody like Roby, like if Roby had faster feet, that'd be awesome. He'd be a great player. He'd be really right. important in this rebuild. But the fact of the matter is because he's smaller and he doesn't move his feet well, like defensively, there's no position for him. Well, and like Chet, like he, I think Chet's predicted one for like ESPN or something. That's crazy. <laughs> you don't like Chet? I, I like Just Chet. Just after watching like the tournament and stuff, like – that guy's he's super lengthy. You know, you got length and you got him. And he's, you know, he find he finds really good spots when you know you're when you're just watching him play. Like uh he's he's smart. He's a smart player. Um I'm not hey, he's a top top three for sure. One, I don't know. Um I personally the Thunder, I we don't need him. Let, let we me already tell you on the idea of Chet. We have Poku. Okay. Well, he's not Poku. He's a lot better than Poku. <laughs> he is, but okay. you know what the, I mean? The just... idea with Chet that I think of is like Rudy Gobert on defense, like 20% less of that. But that 20% that you have less is now put on offense because Chet is a way better offensive player than Gobert. I think that he's a guy who could average like 14, 14, 2, and 3 or something like that. And he's not going to be the best player on your team, but he can anchor your defense like you're seeing with a lot of these big guys now because mm-hmm. bigs are back in style like we're talking about. He's got quick hands. He can he's got quick it. hands. He can, he, he can get a lot of those blocks. Um, and then people talk about the body thing, and that's definitely a concern, but that's the thing. is Well, that's that's kind of you said like Paolo had slow feet. You can't fix that. With guys like him, sometimes putting on that weight, you can't – You they just won't. Their body is well, like – Well, we saw like AD – yeah, or well, AD was—he's a different breed. Well, I mean, like, just that's in sorts just of putting so much you weight on it, you like, slow down. Like, look at Kevin Durant because he kind of has the same body type mm-hmm. as Chet and Poku. Those guys don't put on a lot of muscle. Like even KD, you know, he doesn't even try to work out sometimes. Because you know, think about benching for them. Like for some people, it just seems normal because of how far you're having to extend. But those guys, you're extending like three feet in the air. Yeah. With a ball, you know, they're like, screw this. Like this is not even chest anymore. Like halfway, you know, up, it's all arms. I just. I'm joking around, but I mean, like, seriously, they, I don't think for like their body types, how much muscle you can put on and be down low like that. Cause you know, you can get bullied by a 610 guy who's just got way more stock than you. And you know, you, you might have him on height with a little bit of touch, but he ain't going to let you get close, close enough to the rim where it's like a guaranteed bucket. You know what I mean? So I, that's with, with Holmgren, like if you watched, especially in their loss or when they almost lost to, I believe Memphis, like he had trouble with Duran. Uh, Jaron Duran, I think Jalen Jalen Duran. Yeah, he he had he had some trouble with him, and he's, you know he had the height on him, but Duran had the strength. I thought he handled the physicality well. I mean, Chet's he did. Not, he didn't have a bad like yeah. a terrible game, but like he got in foul trouble. You know, he didn't get you know the points and rebounds and stuff that he wanted. You know, he got some blocks obviously, but it's like. You know, he, he got in foul trouble early and, and Dern went right at him. You know, so why, on defense, it was a little concerning. This too. is why guys like Presti get paid the big bucks because you see guys like this in the college level who just don't have a lot of freedom or a lot of spacing and they come to the NBA and explode. Like, think of like Ben Simmons, his rookie year, whenever he was yeah. like finally had NBA spacing compared to LSU. And I love how when we say NBA spacing, we're just talking about like less help defense. Less help less, defense. Less people in the paint to where it's like, Okay, that guy's gonna be really good because he can one on one somebody, and then maybe a help guy comes and he has to just take him. Well, it's too. that, and you have NBA caliber shooters who you just can't leave nearly as much. I mean, even a bad NBA shooter is a lot better than like an average college shooter. Yeah, I mean, well, their job is putting up thousands of shots yeah. a day. Like, if you don't get you get cut, you know, if you're mm-hmm. not hitting your shots, like, so like, no, I understand what you're saying though, but I just mean like, you know, in college 
when you have that trouble with spacing because of all the help and the aggressive, you know, that's kind of when you want to stand out, you know, that's like, I mean, duh, but mm-hmm. I just, I think when you watch some of these guys and how like they struggle with it, it's like, you know, when the NBA playoffs start, you see a lot better defense, you know, you it turns away from what you see during the regular season for 80 some games. I mean, even a guy I think of like Donovan Mitchell, who didn't seem like a great player at all at Louisville and then gets to Utah with all the spacing and then just kills guys. Because he just got past one person and just took off. That's but what you I could, mean. You saw flashes of that, though, yeah. in, at Louisville. Like, you see flashes of really good players throughout their college career, even if it's just for a year. Um, but I think, you know, nowadays you're going to start seeing college players in the draft that have been there for two, three years, maybe all four. Um, you know, the one-and-dones, like, they're – unless the NCAA does something that makes – you know, more, you know, college more of an incentive. And it's like, they're trying with NIL. They're them, you know, they did that. That, that was for like all sports, you Mm -hmm. know, just, but like for college basketball, because you got the NBA G league that's going in and picking the pockets of academy, these academies and schools and, you know, recruit or prospects, I should say. And it's going to, it's going to take away from college basketball. And you have a lot of guys who are going to Australia or New Zealand, like, um, LaMelo did. Yep. And then uh, entering the draft Hampton, other guys, Terrence Ferguson, Ferguson did not one of my favorite thunder roll players. Like we mentioned earlier, but he 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 did it. But yeah, no, I just, I, I think, you know, I wonder what, cause you know, you brought up the age thing that's a good point. Just cause you know, when a lot of players hitting their primes in their late twenties, you know, maybe early thirties, but it's like you, you're gonna you're gonna start getting a lot of 23, 24 year olds in this drafts. Um, you know, obviously the top ten is probably gonna be, you know, 18, 19 year olds, maybe 20 year olds. Uh, but past that, you know, it's guys are gonna start playing in college. So I, but I like that. I that's you know, you know, I've had this conversation with like NBA college basketball. Like, I like watching the help defense and, you know, where basketball is like you know a little harder because it kind of is just as far as like the gameplay, not the players. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just entertaining to me. And it's guys that are playing their hearts out because, you know, they're like jobs on the line, you know, because a lot of these guys want to go pro. And uh, so it's it's cool to watch because then when you do – when they do get the NBA, it's like, you know, you can almost like see it with them. Like Agbaji, I bet when he gets the NBA, they just – it's like a smack in the face just from game pace, spacing. It's like, wow, this is so much easier, but it's like so much harder as far as, you know, like – I'm not about to get doubled in the corner right here, but I've got Patrick Beverly hounding my ass. Well, and everybody's <laughs> seven foot with a six eight wingspan and is yeah, a lot faster and yeah. a lot smarter. It's just a give and take thing. But uh, I think that's cool. There, though. there are some guys who uh, it's not to just dismiss older guys because there have been guys like Desmond Bain a couple of years ago and others yeah. who, if you find the right guy, then the age thing doesn't really matter. But more often than not, guys usually when they come into the league at 22 or 23, they kind of are who they are. Yeah, they can develop a little bit, but it's not usually the big jumps. Some guys you can just like, you can develop just off of repetitiveness and just practice. Like you can just, just keep doing what you're doing, but do it all the time. You know, like I just I think I think when we talk about like development, like how much can you really develop a guy that's gone through three years of college, maybe even four? It's like you still can, you still can a lot because their whole job becomes basketball. Like you know, in college you still kind of got classes and. You know, all, you know, stuff that these guys don't really want to deal with. 
then once it becomes all about basketball, it's like, hey, who's really who's going to put the work in? Because you'll see the results if they do. Well, this reminds me of a quote that Mark Dagnall had about guys like um, Trey Mann, about mm -hmm. you can't teach separation like that. You can't teach the passing that Giddy has. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is Vision. find a guy with mm -hmm. an elite skill and then seeing if they can develop the other things around him. That's the biggest key to a lot of guys if they can stick in the league is do you have an NBA skill? Like for a while, I didn't think Baisley did, but now you can see him as a rebounder and as a defender. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a lot of just that. Like, can you find can you find one thing that helps you stay on the floor? Yeah, and see what else you can put around around that one skill. Yeah, that's you see that from a lot of the great players too. Is that they have all those skills like an all around like just, they're elite there, they're elite there, they're elite there. But then you also see guys. It's like he can shoot like a dead eye. But you know, might have awful freaking defense. Well, that's the thing. That's why elite players are elite. Is that they are elite in multiple things. Right. Like right. Kevin Durant almost has zero weaknesses to his game. Jokic, Giannis, you're, you're a bunch of these guys. Yeah. That's 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 to anything Kevin Durant related. <sighs> Whatever. Like I I disagree with Kevin Durant leaving. I don't like how he did it, but I'm not gonna disrespect him as a basketball yeah. player. That guy's an alien. Yeah, he's he's a freak. <laughs> But that's what I mean, is you just need uh, to find the few things that guys do. I mean, it's um, d different guys have different developmental passes, uh, paths. Like you have a guy like Giddy who it's like, we're just going to hand you the ball and we're going to figure some things out. You have situations like with the Warriors where they're kind of putting Kaminga slowly along the way or the Spurs when they had Kawhi. So every situation is different. Dude, I've always thought about that, though, just like to be able to have like those players where you're a coach and you just you don't say anything to them. You just because you got like. You know, you sit everybody down, you're kind of barking at somebody, you know, whether you're winning or you're losing. It's just, you know, then you look at him and you're like, yeah, you keep doing what you, you just keep doing what you fucking do. Like, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, it's just, you don't have to like really tell him anything. You know, that's, a, just, that's the role of a shooter. Yeah. Or, or just like even like, you know, LeBron, LeBron or like you said, like a Giddy or Trey Young. It's like, what do you tell these guys to do? Like, okay. Like, sure. They could have made this. They probably already know that though. You know what I mean? And I guess LeBron was a bad way because he's older than some of the coaches now. But like, when you when you just have like that all star, who can honestly who does it well all around? At that point, it becomes less of like coaching relationship like Kev, and more of working together. Yeah, as partners. Though, yeah, as not. But that's that's what I think would be so hard is like, you just you can't coach. You have to like, you know, talk to him like he's an assistant coach, but he's just your best player. Like. Uh, that would be tough. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, but I think it would be cool, but it'd be it'd be hard to do. Well, we're not done with KD yet. We talked about former Thunder player. Or we talked about future Thunder players, former Thunder players. We're going to talk about another former Thunder player. Kevin Durant was in the news. He had a article with Logan Murdoch of The Ringer talking about different things like the um, pandemic. He talked about James Harden. He talked about him and Kyrie being best friends with bunk beds in the same apartment. Just whatever. But the important thing that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Is that Kevin Durant said that it that the Thunder have to retire his jersey? He also said the Warriors, but we're not going to get into that as much. He said it would be bad for basketball if the Thunder did not retire his jersey. Before I let you get into it, do you know what's bad for basketball? Blowing a three-one lead in the Western Conference Finals <laughs> and then joining that team who has seventy-three wins and nine <laughs> losses—that's not good for basketball. But do you? I guess the question for you is, do you think KD ends up getting his jersey retired in Oklahoma City, and when do you think that is? I hope I'm six feet under by the time he gets his freaking jersey <laughs> retired, okay? I, I hope there's flowers on my grave. Um, dude, I, oh man, I have so many, like, 
censored words that I'd use on this for like. You're already like twenty dollars deep yeah, into the, yeah, the swear jar. <laughs> K K D. First of all, I've never heard a great, not even just ask, demand to be his have his jersey retired. Just strike one. Let's put it there. Secondly, like. I guess in my opinion, because I've had this argument with some friends over the past couple of days after this quote, you know, because some of them are like, dude, are you crazy? Like, you're crazy. He has to have it retired. He made the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know. I get what he did and the kind of player he is individually and just like with some of the teams he had to, you know, carry with with uh, Russell and even Harden. They were good teams, but like he was a he was the the player. I get all that, okay? And I'm not denying how good he is. And yeah, he's a freak alien. But who the hell, who the hell leaves your team, like leaves all that, that I just said, to go to the right, your, your current rival team when you were up three to one. And you, you and Russ both played bad. You had bad games when you had that three one lead and you were trying to close it In out. In game six and seven. Yeah. That horrible, like horrible games. What did you give the Thunder besides like the like the run like the run to the finals and you had to play a pissed off Heat team where you know they finally figured it out, not fair by the way but uh you know twenty twenty one year olds like that's that's hard to do I get all that, but you didn't bring you didn't get a ring, and not only that you backstabbed the entire organization that would do would have done anything for you like like Russ when Russ stayed it just everybody latched on because you know of his loyalty. I always, I've always loved Russ, the way he plays, his energy, his passion, everything about it. I loved watching KD because he complimented that really well. They they really did for a long time. Um, They just could not get over, you know, when you had to get that one game or hit those couple shots, neither of them could do it, you know? And when I'm talking about like game six and seven, and then, you know, against the Heat, you know, you won a game, but then the next three, you know, LeBron just goes crazy. Um, But I, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, the move he made was like the worst thing you could do in like sports, no matter what it is, baseball, football. I mean, you went to the rival team that you had a two game lead on with one to go to, to cut, you know, to end it. And then you join that team in the off season right after that. I mean, months later, that's crazy to think that you should turn around and demand that organization that you left and won rings with the team that you were beating and it ultimately beat you in seven-game series. That is crazy. You would demand your jersey retired. That just made it worse. I mean, Presti gave his 35 jersey to P.J. Dozer or Dozier the season after. Presti didn't give a shit that he was like, I'm gone, you know, my player's tribune, here it is, or whatever. It's like, PJ, I got a jersey for you. That Does that not show people it's like Presti had bad blood even? Because, like, just the whole exit, the team you went to, just everything about that is a huge blemish on his legacy. I hate it because he's an alien. He is. And he did a lot. But, like, that is a huge blemish on his legacy. It let really, me, really Let me is. put some context on some of this stuff, okay? <laughs> For one, P.J. Dozier gets number 35. One of it, I think, was his uncle played for the Celtics who died, who was number 35. There's a story behind it, but listen. <laughs> it's still it's still that whack that you would give one of your best players yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. I think that Durant's jersey should end up being retired. Here's a caveat. It has to be like five years after Russ's retirement. 
like Russ has to be dude, first. Like t- dude, I think in the next 10 to 15 years, any ceremony that gets held for him there is booze all day. <laughs> I don't think. All day. Dude, if, if I'm this isn't just me from like a fan standpoint. Like a lot of people I know, they like they would accept it, but they'd probably be like, boo, like on the side at his ceremony. Because like Truthfully, he brought you like a Western Conference Finals and like a Finals run. They went to four different Western Conference Finals. They I know, had the I know, I know. Third best winning percentage of NBA teams over that like ten year stretch. Could never get over the hump. It's like it almost made it like parallel with like Oklahoma sports as far as like just choking in the big like on the big stage for the past two decades. You know, it's like I, I, it made it drove me insane as a just Oklahoma Sooners fan too, like. Watching that, watching that crumble. But then again, it's like I also know he was young, and what he was doing at that age is it's a well, and they it's were freaking. They lost stuff. to the team that won the championship like five out of seven years that they went to the playoffs. And they had injuries every single year. But for an alien like that, they should have won one. Yeah, you had. To, I mean, now granted, Russell Westbrook was taken out by Patrick Beverly, which I think cost us a ring as well. Like there, there's other shit that happened that did not just make it KD, but. When you're in games like that, like, like look at LeBron, like you've got the go-to guys that have got to get the ball and got to hit those shots, right? So if you're up three to one, that next game, you it's it's close it out, close it out. Kobe Bryant had the mentality of like, job's not done, I'm gonna finish them. You know, I'm like it's like slit throw mentality. What the hell did KD have in six and seven? You've Seriously, been, I mean, I, I know I'm putting, like, the weight of just that one series and, like, that. But just the what happened after that and even, like, during that series, you're just like, how the hell could you turn around and just leave? You know, it's like you'd, you'd think it'd be like, screw that. Like, we're beating them. That would make it – that would honestly make it more entertaining is if Kate – it became, like, a rivalry. Well, like and a then, real yeah, one. that season they also traded for Oladipo and Sabonis, and they were on board to get Al Horford likely that year. I don't know. We're not going to agree on this, on that specifically. Uh, One thing I want to get your take on this. This is the hot take I said I would have. Nick Collison's jersey should not be retired, and I think it's stupid, and I think it's dumb. (laughs) I I think Nick Collison was good for the organization. I don't think you retire a guy's jersey like that. I think you name the practice facility after him. I think you name the team locker room after him. I think you name the teammate of the uh, year award after him. But it seems like they just wanted to retire somebody's jersey, so they retired his. Dude, because Nick Collison, I mean, what could you ask more from that guy? Just To be a really good player. player. (laughs) But he is... He's a he's a Kansas Jayhawk boy, so he obviously was good in some areas. You know, you like you don't go to KU and not be a good basketball player. But like when he got to the Thunder, just imagine the talent that was around him, and and he knew all he had to do was hit free throws, make some layups, and set really good screens. And we were gonna retire your jersey for that. Dude, he didn't have a bad jumper, like mid range. It wasn't terrible. Like okay. he, you, you tell me another player who's worse than him who has their jersey retired. Mm. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd literally have to look at everybody's. I don't think there's ever been a single guy like that who's like never averaged more than like twelve points per game. Out, never yeah. started on a really important team. Like, yeah, he was important. Dude, I think that's a funny troll though. It's like if it ends up being like his jersey's retired, like Russ's is, but like Katie's isn't. That's hilarious. I think it, it just makes us look like a <laughs> makes us look like a Mickey oh Mouse franchise. Gosh. Like, 
Udonis Haslam, if he gets his jersey retired, fine, whatever. I'm not a Heat fan. But as a Thunder fan, I can't think of... It's like, oh, do you remember that game Nick Collison had? They're like, really? I definitely... I don't think you should get your jersey retired for like staying with an organization for so many years. But well, he got it retired. He stayed with an organization. Who are these teams clamoring for Nick Collison? Who was the who was the team that was trying to lure him away? We're like, man, how did we keep Nick He's Collison just, He was in-house? one of those guys that was there from literally the beginning. And like, obviously, there's no... There's not an end, but like... You know, to when he was done playing basketball, you know, just he like, also went back to Seattle every offseason. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. Nick Collison. No, your jersey should not be retired. If they had a statue, I would stop being a fan. No, <laughs> we don't need Nick Collison appreciation night. That was what the legacy night was for is to bring back guys like him just for one night. Are we going to retire Kendrick Perkins jersey, too? And oh, Steven God, Adams no. and uh, are I we gonna- say Katie bodied. Kendrick Perkins on social media when Kendrick was trying to come at him about I don't even know what the hell it was but Katie was like it's like yeah whopping uh, like four and two or something <laughs> like I was like that's, he's not that's wrong so yeah he's not but one last thing on Katie do you do you really think like he is like he is right when saying like OKC and like the fan stuff like should just accept what happened and accept you know no that I'm a great because truthfully how he comes off is it's like Except that I'm this good. Except that what I, you know, what I did was whatever. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's like, it's, it's so demanding. I've never seen it from a great ever. I just don't listen to him. So that, that's how I enjoy my life is I just let him do whatever he listen to a top three player in the NBA. He has some funny tweets and that's what it's about. (laughs) And then the last thing that we'll talk about is I texted you and I said Giannis is now the best player in the world. It's been like um, a while of streaks of you had LeBron for a while, then you had a kind of a toss-up between Duncan, Shaq, and Kobe for a little bit, and you had Jordan for basically all the 90s other than those two years with Hakeem, then you had the Bird and Magic trading back and forth, and we can go back further and further, but I don't think that's important. Do you think Giannis is now the best player in the world? Um, or should I give my case on why he is before you get into it? Yeah, let's let me. Yeah, yeah I want to hear why you think that. Okay, of guys to win Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP, and like two MVPs before turning twenty five and win a ring, it's him and Hakeem. That's the list. That's it. That's it. <laughs> He's also yeah. He could also win a third MVP in four years. He's also the only guy in the league right now who's going to be top three in scoring if he doesn't end up leading the league in scoring. He still has a possibility for that. He could still also win Defensive Player of the Year. He's the best two way guy in the league. He's the one guy who can go and be your best player on offense and be your best player on defense and anchor everything. And every question that was like asked about him last year, he started answering like he's hitting free throws. His three point shot is getting better. He's still not perfect, but just as, and he's also, you want to talk about development. He's also extremely durable. Like they said, he's like, yeah, that could have ended my career against Atlanta whenever I hyperextended my knee. And then he he played through like an MCL or ACL tear. Yeah. Like there, you just look through all those things and it's not to say that the these other guys aren't talented around him who could also be in the conversation. Like, I'm not just saying like, if you say someone else, you're an idiot, Mm -hmm. but I think that for now, Giannis is the face of the league and looks like the guy going forward after LeBron kind of passed the torch. I I mean, the accolades are insane because he is a, I mean, you talk about like a freak of nature. It's him because he's also not scared of anyone. the, what amazes me, and I think everybody else that even even people who don't watch basketball and just watch him for like twenty minutes, is he's like the same height as you know KD, Joel, 
Jokic. Like he's around, you know, they're all around the same, same height. But the way he's able to move and use his length and extend and like use it to his complete advantage to where it's almost like you are at a disadvantage every time you're up against him. No one's ever, I don't think anyone in the history of basketball has ever done what he is able to do with his height, his, you know, maybe willed, you know, against a bunch of six, four dudes when he was, you know, seven feet. Guys who look like you and me. Literally. Yeah. And. So, but to, in today's age, with who Giannis is playing against and what he's still able to do with his length, with his extension, I think that it's just crazy to me because, you know, what Harden say, he could just dribble and jump and stuff. He said crazy. he's running and uh, jump and dunk man or something crazy like that. Crazy quote yeah. because then, you know, Giannis has done what he's done. Um, but he, uh, that's true to an extent, but he uses his basketball skills that are clearly developing at a rapid pace and doing very, like, going progressively up almost every year doing that like he he's not he can't stop him but like i made a joke with you earlier the mavericks did today they didn't stop him i mean he was like 12 or 22 at 28 points you know it's not really stopping a player but that's not i mean that's not 50 (laughs) it's not 45 it's not 40 but um you know you put so for me i okay i'll agree Giannis is the best NBA player right now. I think he's one. I think you have Yoel or Joel and Jokic out two A, two B. I think KD's two. I think KD's two. I think we'll KD's see, two. I mean, Jokic is three. Because those two were like MVP race, just because of the teams that they're carrying. I'm I mean, talking Jokic, about if a guy. If my definition of best player of the world is not necessarily just this season. It's just like if you have a playoff run or you need one game, who's the guy you're right, taking? Because right. LeBron, he was never the guy who's MVP for the last five years. But every time you go, who's the guy you want? You'd say LeBron. Right. Yeah. I mean, but he also like if you put Joel, like I was gonna say, if you put Joel, if you put Jan, or if you put Jokic, if you put KD on the Bucks team. I don't think they do what Giannis was able to do with yeah. them, you know. And it's not I'm not that's no slam. I mean, Middleton hit crazy shots. Middleton would, you know, give a huge spark, could shoot the ball and could score. Um, Drew Holiday could play both ways. He could also score, but he also was a really good guard defender. Um, you know, they had some shooters on the outside with Brooklyn. I mean, they had they had a solid squad. There's no hate on them, but like Giannis was any and everything about that team. He saved that team numerous times. He was the savior for an entire season that won him the finals, you know. I think if you bring it down to the top five players, you have to pick him just because of what he's been able to do with size, length, strength. And he's still so young. I mean, yeah, and it doesn't look like it either. Dude looks like he's 28, 30 years old. I mean, just the way he's built now. And if you look at, like, his first, I think, year, maybe second year, in the league and how skinny he was. Well, that's that's part fragile. of the thing. Like, I talk about Chet. Like, I'm not dude, saying Chet is Giannis, but I'm saying if he could get a third of that weight built onto him, that's why it's not crazy. But we're talking about Giannis. I, we're, you said things like, I'm not going to discredit guys, which you're not. We're talking about the top 1% of the top 1% of basketball players in the world. Right. If you're going to critique them, you're going to have to really nitpick things to separate them because they are all so good. Like, we are in a very, very fortunate time of the most talented guys in the league. There have been other years where the league is not this deep with talent, but right now you have four guys who could really have a, or even maybe five if you want Luca, you could throw him in here. I wouldn't be mad of guys who could actively be the best player of the world, or even somebody like Kawhi if he came back. But I think Giannis is the guy who I would take. Giannis, if Giannis was able to, 
I guess one, I guess not when, when, when he's able to perfect that, like, I guess not perfect, but make that three point shooting as efficient as he possibly can free throws. Well, if he gets to 33%, it's over. It's, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. He's just, if he gets, you know, even a third of those threes that he takes in games, like that step back the other night that won them the game against, you know, that's just, that is scary ball. If a guy, his size, his strength, his length is able to do that. Well, because and then he's you can't gonna, foul him either. He's hitting 80, 75% of his free throws. You can't foul him because he's going to put in the bucket anyway. It's like, he's so strong. If you see him do, you know, pull throughs or, you know, even when he, you know, does Euro steps and he's on a fast break and he's got three guys swatting at him or just grabbing at him. He will still, I mean, his length, like the way he uses it and just puts the ball on the rim, like from barely jumping, you know, stuff like that is where I'm just like, you know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you game plan this guy. Well, and then defensively, you drop a zone in NBA. Yeah. <laughs> and then defensively, you talk about guys that sometimes gets hyperbolic about guys like Ben Simmons or Draymond, where it's like he could guard one through five. Giannis can guard one, one through, through five. five. Yeah. He can switch like some of those things, like you said that um, Harden said he wasn't skilled. Do you remember that play in the finals where he like switched off of Booker and blocked the lob at the rim on Aiden all in like a split second? Yeah, yeah. Like that's insane. Like you could name like four guys ever who could do that. Well, and like you have like I get Joel, like he's super strong. He's like just a just a big ass dude. And Jokic has guard skill sets for a big man. Like these guys are they're different in their own ways. But like what Giannis has been able to do is Everything that you need to be able to do playing basketball. Seriously. Like you like you just said, he can switch on to anybody. He can post up on anybody. He can drive in on anybody. He can run a fast break for anybody. Um, he can block anybody. I mean, he's like he among a a handful of players who KD actually has to be like concerned when, you know, they go up to put a hand in his face when he shoots a jump or something, where you know it's like he's eight feet in the air. And, you know, Giannis, he's like one of just – when you have a guy that's in all those categories, like you got to put him as MVP. But just playing like even just this season, he may not have like the numbers that like Joel and Jokic have had. But like you said, I always – same way as take into account what he does for his team, you know? He's also the best leader in the league it looks like right now. Like I would run through a wall for Giannis if I was one of his teammates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but like because he, he's one of those players where it's like, you know, just – do what you can. Like, I've got it. Yeah. Just help me. You know, just just help me out, which I, I admire because it's just like accepting that at that age, you know, being younger than 25 and just knowing that like it's all on me, you know. Maybe maybe not in certain regards, certain games. Like, you had Middleton go off in certain games. You had Drew Holiday, you know, play lockdown defense or, you know, contribute his part. You have help, good help. But – in the end, it's like Giannis, like you just said, making those crazy plays where like, you know, locking down Booker and turning around blocking Aiton. Dude, you're guarding a guard that, you know, modeled his game after Kobe Bryant as close as he could just with how he plays, how he shoots, how he scores and turning around and then blocking a 6'10", very dominant center within in a the second. finals. Yeah. Within like, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Which, On a bad knee. On a what supposedly is a torn MCL ACL, all I don't know, but yeah, durable was a great word for him too because he and he played. 
Do you see that guy ever take load management unless it's necessary? He plays hard on both ends. That's why like he's wild for his size and his like what's at stake for him. Like that's crazy. That makes you that's gotta make you the best. So I, I agree. I agree. Um I really honestly I don't I probably couldn't find it, but way back when when LeBron was making his move to the Lakers, instead of A D, I was all about Giannis and, and LeBron. <sighs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> Could you imagine what the like league to, would have I been like? I don't like to think about that. That makes. Me- I did just to see like Goliath join Goliath, and then them two go against David. That's, <laughs> like, that's basically like the Death Star of NBA teams. <laughs> I mean, I compared Kevin Durant to an alien. Giannis, like I've seen him in person. Have you seen him play in person? He, I don't think I got, I he got plays to go out there. Game, he no. looks like a dinosaur. Like he's so much bigger than everyone. You're like, how is a guy that big? Like it looks fake. When you remember how like they had Rondo, Rajon Rondo, put like his arms down mm-hmm. when he was standing up straight, and like his arms would go like to his knees, like because he just had super long arms. I want to see Giannis do some shit, or, like do like the Jordan, you know, wingspan and just show like because it's got to be you know i i what were his measurements even do you know it was like over eight so feet. when he came into the draft he was only like six nine and right. he grew like three inches over that summer right. which is partially why he fell in the draft right but yeah he's just he's so long he's got a positive wingspan i don't know we could go all day on Giannis, but we've we've gone an hour i think we probably need to wrap this up we could I, I could i could talk Giannis all day just because that dude might win three or four rings like as close you know what, what lebron has four LeBron has five. Five now. now. Yeah. Well, the bubble one doesn't count. <laughs> All right, John. Hates Kevin Durant. <laughs> hates LeBron. Hates everyone. Is there anyone you do like before we get out of here? Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish and Giannis. That's it. <laughs> Lenny yeah. Waters. Give my me new, my new favorite. If he was, if John was building a team, the team would look like Trey Young, Giannis, Lindy Cam Waters. Reddish, Lindy Waters. <laughs> I I I need to wait for my boy Cam Martin at Kansas to get his time in and then get drafted. I'd pick him up as my five, and I'd have damn near half my high, I'd have over half my high school team out of my NBA team. Yeah, if you have Trey and Giannis, you could just throw you and me out there. We'd be, <laughs> we'd win forty games. I, I wouldn't be worried about that. If Giannis Trey, was just behind Trey and Giannis, me. I think you've mentioned that before. Is that that's another awesome freaking pick and roll team that that would. That that'd be nuts. There were there were stories of the Warriors going after Giannis for a while, and the idea of Giannis with Which Steph in a two man game, him with Curry or him with LeBron, him with Steph. You think? Yeah, dude. I Would don't that know. if you try that's to if you do a, a if you do a switch if you try to do a pick and roll with those two guys? I don't know what the heck. You do. Dude, here, here's what you're doing. You're you're doubling Curry on, off the pick and roll, and you're bringing help to Giannis. That's all you can do. Cool. But Giannis what do jumps you do? 20 feet in the air and dunks it. Dude, but with LeBron and Giannis, you're not stopping that pick and roll. They're going to bulldoze you out of the way. Both of them. We'll have Both to pick this up later and just name the most fun duos that we can make and like fake. I'm sure Josh Giddy and Shea will be number one out of all those duos. But until then... Need one of them to grow about five inches and put on about 100 pounds. Yeah, if you just if you added five inches and a hundred pounds to Giddy, he'd just be Jokic. But that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. It uh, it's been it fun. fun always talking, uh, always fun talking basketball yeah, with you. I'll be back on Tuesday with Haley, and then back next week with John. Make sure to follow our social medias on Twitter, the Thundergrads, Instagram, the Thundergrads. I'm working on a bunch of stuff, and uh, thank you so much for listening to this marathon of a podcast. <laughs> that's a good one. Baby. Make sure to like and subscribe. And I'll talk to you later. See you, Mike.